Welcome to the Remote Leadership Podcast. I'm Deborah Dinocenzo, and I'll be your host and guide as we explore new challenges and proven keys to success for leaders and teams who must get results from a distance. For more than two decades, I've helped organizations and leaders successfully go virtual. Now that we're all on a trajectory toward the next normal of work from anywhere and hybrid teams, I'm excited to share with you the insights and expertise that thousands of leaders and teams have acquired through my books, coaching, training, and presentations. Join me to learn tips, techniques, and skills that leaders and teams in your organization can implement now to achieve effectiveness in our evolving remote workplace. Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Remote Leadership Podcast. Today, I'd like to talk about the reminders, some key things to remember for a successful return to the hybrid office. So recently, we've seen more attention being paid to the need for, the request for, in some cases, the demand for people getting back into the office. So let's look at what are some of the best practices for operating a hybrid workplace and recognize that even when we have people moving back into the office, it is not going to be the same dynamic, the same scenario, the same way as operating as before the pandemic. So we'll look at some of the best practices, which include communicating from a distance and looking at the best ways to do that and the the most effective ways to engage remote team members. And certainly underlying all of this, the best ways to build trust as well as engagement with our remote and hybrid team members. So when we look at designing the hybrid workplace, and and leaders ask me all the time, what's this hybrid workplace look like? And really the answer is, well, it, it all depends. It depends on what your needs are and how you plan to structure, what your people or your team members are willing and able and want to do. It's a it's a risky time right now relative to talent. So, but as as we look at what makes for success in the hybrid office, the hybrid workplace, there are a few things to keep in mind. Uh, there needs to be a change in management style. And we had some good hands-on experience with that throughout the pandemic. Uh, but certainly in the current state of uh, problems with and challenges with talent attraction and talent retention, it's important that management styles uh, reconsider what um, needs to be involved, and particularly from the perspective of developing empathy, which I've talked about in previous podcasts. There also needs to be uh, changes in the processes of remote training of employees. And so while some people might be back on site for in-person training, that might not be the case for everyone. It might not be possible to do that. And it's really never been completely possible or easy or affordable 
with uh, organizations that are international or have operations spread around the planet. It's very costly to bring people together. I have started hearing from some leaders that they do recognize they saved a lot of money. There were some downsides with the pandemic, but saved a lot of money uh, throughout the pandemic uh, by not um, needing to bring people into the office, into training. And uh, we really, you know, exercised our remote leadership, our remote training muscles throughout the pandemic. So also culture, and I've mentioned this before in previous episodes, how we develop culture, how we communicate culture, how we onboard people uh, to understand the culture needs to happen in different ways as the workplace becomes increasingly hybrid with more remote people, or at least not everybody on site all the time. And keeping in mind how we need to digitize other processes um, and be mindful of how we communicate information and share uh, our support of people and other things that we'll talk about here momentarily. So in terms of issues and concerns, I'm still hearing from leaders. Interestingly to me, there's uh, still a, a request for a training on how to make the remote workplace work, um, how best to share information um, how to leverage and how to use, just basically how to use the technology. I'm still hearing people really want to know how to do more effective team meetings uh, remotely and now more critically, hybrid meetings where some people are on site and some people are not, which is, has its own challenges and can be a little bit trickier. So communicating and how best to respond to communication um, how to keep everyone on the same page, and again, learning how to conduct really effective remote meetings. So, and remember, during the pandemic, a lot of people did that without really effective training. We just kind of dug in and did it. We jumped in to the deep end for sure. So, so there's certainly a lot of challenges uh, from a remote leadership perspective, um, again, with talent underlying all of this, um, the, the attracting talent, um, engaging talent and retaining talent and keeping everyone aligned. So engagement and alignment is an issue. Uh, performance management continues to be a challenge. We, you know, kind of adapted and, you know, cut each other a lot of slack during the pandemic um, and made do with what we had and the and, you know, the hand that was dealt us during the pandemic, but ongoing to, in terms of, you know, managing performance on a day-to-day basis, conducting performance reviews, doing career planning. Those are still challenges for leaders. I think we've moved beyond that, you know, how do we really know they're working? But that relates to performance management and gets back to, as I've said for two decades now, remote work distance work, the virtual workplace will be the best thing that's ever happened to performance management because it will really require that we be clearer, much clearer about performance expectations and deliverables and we'll need to communicate that more clearly. So it won't be, uh, you know, I know it when I see it or just because I see people here in the office um, or in the work site, I know they're working. 
So, you know, leaders also really have a lot of concerns about maintaining service levels, which is perfectly reasonable, meeting customer expectations. And I get a lot of questions around what is the right amount of time in light of all of this for people to be in the office and which days should they be in the office and should these days be mandated or not mandated and should this be organization-wide or should teams decide? And there again, there's no right answer. Each organization uh, and sometimes each team needs to determine what makes sense and how best to move toward our expanding hybrid model and the schedule that best works uh, for the organization um, and for other stakeholders and collaborators. In all of this, it's important to remember, again, the basics, which I talked about um, on, on the last episode, the basics that haven't changed while so much has changed. There are some basics that haven't changed. And, and let me just, I'll touch on that again in a moment. But it's uh, important to keep in mind that we have had a lot of changes. And a lot of this is is still new, even though we've done much of this throughout the pandemic. The reality, reality of it continuing is what's new. This is the, the next normal. Um, for some people, it's new normal, but it's the next normal. And I like to use next normal as a reminder that whenever we figure it out, whatever it is, it's not going to be eternal. It will change again. There'll be a next new normal. So keeping all of this in mind in light of, again, the critical battle, battle for talent, finding it and keeping it, leaders need to be mindful of all of this um, and that this is the way the hybrid workplace is should be designed and um, how it should be designed, again, is variable. And leaders need to give real consideration to the degree of autonomy that they're going to give to team members or don't give to team members um, to figure out when they want to be uh, on the on the in-person work site when or when they don't want to be. Um, and so some of the concern, some of the dialogue right now is, you know, we really need to get people back together, but we're not really sure we can mandate that. And let's just remember, that we did try to mandate that at various points as we were moving through the pandemic and thinking we were pulling out of the pandemic, and then we had setbacks. And it was difficult to ask people to be in the workplace again. And so uh, many organizations sort of backed off on that. So we've had, uh, and again, I think uh, for perspective, we've had a really good dose and a fair amount of um, hands-on experience with the remote and hybrid workplace. And uh, there are a lot of upsides. And all the data shows that most people want to continue to work remotely um, a good part of the time, not full-time. Interestingly, the data does not show very many people want to be remote 100% of the time, but um, the majority of the time. And there are savings on the part uh, for people who need to commute into the workplace, as well as savings for the organization. So all of these need to be factored in. And, and bottom line, then, we need to make sure we're still getting the job done. We are maintaining productivity. We're maintaining engagement. We're able to innovate. We're able to respond to 
market demands and customer needs. So with, again, talent being kind of at the core of this at this point in time. And uh, I I, uh, actually uh, saw a a comment recently by uh, Beverly Kay, who's the author of the book Love Them or Lose Them, which has been out for several years. And Bev puts all of this into perspective in terms of the the state of the workplace right now, uh, the workforce and the challenges for leaders. And uh, Bev said, never before have organizations paid more attention to talent, keeping it, attracting it, developing it, and engaging it. Talent is no longer simply a numbers game. It's about survival. So... I think most leaders are aware of that now. They've felt the pain of that. And uh, so they're anxious to know what what really do we need to do to ensure that we can attract that talent, engage it, um, keep it on board, help it grow, uh, develop that talent, whether people are face-to-face every day or not. So in terms of the basics, and I mentioned this uh, recently in, in another episode, Um, But I'm a big believer in leaders just need to keep three fundamental basic um, skill areas in mind. And a lot of things evolve from these three. But um, the the three for me are trust, communication, and performance. So, of course, trust, I think most leaders are aware, trust is critical. Trust is critical in any important relationship, personal relationships, as well as work relationships. And Without trust, performance will be compromised. So as trust declines, performance will decline. Performance might lag a little bit, um, but over the long haul, you cannot get the performance that you want without the underlying trust. And to build trust, and these are some of the challenges when more people are working from a distance and with the fluid kind of um, hybrid work environment where perhaps in many cases, not everybody is in the workplace, the, the on-site workplace, the same time with the same people on any given day or week or month. It's very fluid. My recently published book on remote leadership, which I wrote with Jason Morwick, we talked about um, static hybrid and fluid hybrid. And fluid hybrid is very challenging because it's a lot of moving parts. But to build trust, there needs to be familiarity. It's really hard to trust people that you don't know. And uh, it has its own challenges to build relationships and get to know people when we're not all face-to-face or we're just geographically dispersed by virtue of how the organization is structured. Or if we've acquired a new organization and it happens to be, uh, you know, on on a different continent. Um, so there are, are ways, certainly, and leaders need to find them and need to leverage them through technology on building familiarity, getting to know people and letting people know you as a leader. Um, integrity is an important part of, of trust, uh, knowing that people are going to be honest and forthright. And reliability is another component of trust. And again, we can drill down in each of these, but reliability is important because when people are distant from each other, they need to have a sense that they really can count on each other, that you know, people, their team has their back when needed. 
that uh, leaders uh, have a commitment to responsiveness um, so that people don't suffer from that out of sight, out of mind uh, syndrome uh, that we really do need to get past if the remote and hybrid workplace is going to be successful. The second major remote leadership um, key is communication. And uh, I've been saying this for a long time, particularly throughout the pandemic, and that is that this is not the time to under-communicate. I mean, it's never a good time to under-communicate, but certainly as things are so fluid, things are changing, people are uncertain um, around a lot of things that haven't been protocols and standards and expectations that haven't been clearly established, um, over-communicating is probably a good idea. How you communicate, uh, that's another thing. So there are so many distance tools that we have now to communicate, um, almost too many from what I hear from a lot of people. But, you know, we have telephone, we have email, we have voicemail, uh, we have instant messaging and text messaging. Um, we've got uh, voice over IP protocols that um, some people use through Slack and Circle and other technologies like that. And then there's chatting. And of course, there's video conferencing through Teams or Zoom or other platforms like those that allow us to actually see each other, which is a major benefit uh, because for many, many years in the early times of the uh, virtual workplace, we couldn't see each other. And we thought that was a huge downside uh, because we couldn't read people's body language and that sort of thing. Now we have that capability and I'll come back to why it's important to understand how best to use those technologies to leverage that um, real face-to-face, -face, but virtual face-to-face -face, um, opportunity. So underlying all of these different, uh, what I call distance dialogue tools, um, we need to keep in mind and leaders need to be mindful of the, of the importance of quality and frequency in communication. Again, leveraging all those different tools and the, the mix of that. And you can think of it as the magic is in the mix. You really don't want to just send email and you don't want to have to do Zoom calls all the time. And you don't want to be burdened with having to have a live telephone call all the time. It's the mix of all of that so that people feel informed, they feel connected, uh, they don't feel like they're um, not getting the information that people who are on site are getting. So we need to be thinking about, um, and, I've, and we did a podcast on remote first. Remote first is having the mindset that we are a remote virtual hybrid um, dispersed organization. And the first thing we should be thinking about is how are we best communicating, managing, leading, interacting, supporting, everyone with a remote first mentality, thinking about it from the perspective of those who are remote. Therefore, it's important to have clear guidelines and protocols um, on the use of these various communication tools. And to remember that, again, quality and frequency of communication are very important. So the quality of communication means that leaders and teams must be comfortable and, and competent in the use of all the technology tools that the organization is using. 
And the team should agree on expectations. And I say team, it could be each team individually decides this, what's best for them, depending on how structured, how hierarchical, how autonomously the organization manages. But the team should agree on expectations relative to participation in the increasingly prevalent hybrid meeting, for example. So that means, as a small example, although I think it's pretty important, making the decision around whether cameras should be on. So during the pandemic, I, uh, you know, worked with a lot of organizations. And um, initially, we had a lot of cameras on. Uh, People were doing a lot of fun and creative things to engage people, to check in on people, to make sure everybody was okay. Remembering back to the early days of the pandemic, we didn't have vaccines. Everyone had gone home suddenly. Many people didn't have the resources they needed Uh, Children were home from school. It was a very difficult, stressful time. And, and, you know, from the perspective of many people, we all lived through a collective near-death experience. Almost everybody knows someone who either died or um, is still suffering the effects of COVID. And so we we saw a lot of really uh, innovative ways to connect with people. So... So quality of communication means that, um, again, leaders and their team members need to become competent and comfortable with these technology tools. So the issue of cameras, are cameras on or cameras off? Um, As the pandemic evolved, uh, many people started just turning their cameras off. And, you know, turning your camera off occasionally if you're, you know, taking a gulp of coffee or you happen to be eating because it's you're on the West Coast of North America and the meeting is starting at uh, 8 a.m. on the East Coast and you're having breakfast. Uh, that's understandable. However, when uh, people just turn their cameras off and engage in these meetings, we're Without their cameras, we're losing much of the benefit of the face-to-face. No one sits around a conference table or in a meeting room and puts a bag over their head. So when we think about maximizing the way that we simulate our face-to-face, our in-person, our on-site interactions, we have to give thought to how to best leverage the technology tools to help us simulate simulate and replicate how we how we do this when we're face to face and so we don't have the option to turn cameras off or turn our faces off um, when we're in a meeting face to face around a table so those are the kinds of discussions that teams should be having and making decisions and uh, reaching agreements about how they want to work together and how they want to respect each other and it does make it um, much trickier when it's hybrid and some people are on site and other people are not. Um, if cameras are being turned off for the people who are not there, I mean, just think about that. The dynamic of that is a little odd. So, again, as much as possible, it's important to think about how we're replicating and simulating our on site experience with each other of being face to face. So, the, these are issues the team should be discussing together. It's also important to conduct meetings effectively. 
Um, and, you know, we talked for a while during the pandemic about um, Zoom overload or, you know, people being burned out on on um, virtual meetings. And there is certainly certainly some truth to the fact that, you know, having your eyes on the screen for hours and hours and hours throughout the day does have its own kind of um, downsides and stresses and challenges. But, you know, the reality is we all complained about meetings before the pandemic and how many meetings we had to go to. And uh, virtual meetings, remote meetings can actually be pretty productive in, in terms of the focus that we bring to the agenda and getting through the meeting and that sort of thing. On the other hand, what we tend to lose uh, with remote meetings and sometimes even hybrid meetings is the the social part of the meeting, the chatting as we gather and uh, the chatting as we walk away together. And there are creative ways that th that can happen as well. You know, for example, starting the, the meeting, uh, opening the meeting five minutes before the meeting actually starts and, you know, letting people interact um, and, uh, and encouraging that kind of thing. So there are some important things to remember about virtual meetings and um, the interaction skills that are necessary. Just a few of those are, uh, obviously, it's really important to establish purpose and importance when you're starting a meeting. Vitally important to listen, um, to seek um, opportunities for people to be engaged, to comment, um, we all know there are all these great tools for getting people to to chat, to vote, to raise their hand, ask questions, uh, and that sort of thing. So it's important to avoid monologues, um, to summarize frequently, to ensure that everybody's heard everything the same way, to make sure there aren't any questions or additional comments, and again to you know clarify and ask, have I heard this correctly? Is there anything anybody wants to add? That's called confirming understanding. And finally, agreeing on actions and follow up and reinforcing that. So uh, we have a, a little checklist for virtual meetings. It's called the virtual meeting checklist. And uh, you can download that um, at no charge at our website, which is um, virtualworkswell.com forward slash checklist. Again, virtualworkswell.com forward slash checklist. So to summarize on the points regarding communication, to have really productive virtual meetings, it's important to have the right technology, to use the technology well, to provide training. And it's not too late to train people on some of these tools if we really didn't do that right or didn't have the opportunity before during the pandemic. Um, and to use a virtual meeting guidelines that everyone has agreed to, that it's a sort of a common common best practice. It's just the way that we do things. And um, what we're really trying to do with, with the technology that enables these remote, virtual, and hybrid meetings is to, is to create a real sense of presence that overcomes the distance. Again, that's back to replicating and simulating our face-to-face -face interactions and experiences um, but as much as possible, when it's not possible to be together, we want to be as present with each other as possible. Always be thinking about, you know, how can we make this uh, more of a sense of being together and uh, really 
escalate the sense of presence that uh, that we're conveying and that we're encouraging as well. So, and finally, the third basic um, key to success for you know remote leaders, we talked about trust, communication, and the third key for success in the hybrid workplace is effectively manage, managing performance. So performance, which of course, in the end, is what it's all about. Uh, if we're not if we're not achieving performance targets, what's the point? Really, not much else matters. So we have to be mindful of the elements that contribute to uh, performance and attainment of performance results, and uh, keep in mind that um, we really achieve performance uh, not only by people doing their jobs, but but the ways that we support them. Uh, so leaders and teams are engaged in a, in various types of distance interactions that are critical to achieving performance results. So some of these include, of course, one-on-one communication. Well, that can happen in a variety of ways. Thinking back to the list of all the way different technology tools that we have, the distance dialogue options that we have for one-on-one communications and team interactions. Uh, We manage and support performance through performance monitoring, performance monitoring tools. And sometimes we have to address performance problems. So we have to provide um, guidance. We have to provide coaching, sometimes for improved performance. Sometimes we need to coach for success, meaning we want to set an expectation and provide the these, the uh, nurturing, the support, um, the guidelines, uh, the, the coaching to ensure that we get a successful result without waiting for there to be a performance deviation. Uh, sometimes we're coaching just for continuing results, which means sometimes we just need to reach out and you know let people know that we recognize they're doing a fabulous job and we appreciate it. And sometimes they're doing a, a really fabulous job and we need to celebrate that success. I've always been concerned, even before the pandemic, as the remote workplace expanded, that we would miss opportunities to celebrate success. We're very accustomed to, we know how to do that when we're face-to-face and gather people together, you know, give an award or have a pizza party or any number of ways that we have celebrated success, and to think about the creative ways to do that uh, when people are remote or some people are on-site and others are not. I mean, one of the things that would not be good to do would be to have a little gathering on-site and not include the remote folks um, when we have the technology that enables us to do that. So, um, and that just reminds me, as we think about the technology you know, a lot of the technology that has been in place, uh, even before the pandemic, uh, first of all, much of it was not used or not used properly. Much of it was designed for connecting with one or two people who were not there. And so I, I think it's important for organizations to revisit their technology resources to ensure that they've got the best resources for ensuring that everybody can hear, which is a pretty fundamental uh, case. So I still, to this day, participate in meetings 
where there are people on site around a table and there's either one computer or one microphone. And so they haven't even really upgraded their technology to have additional microphones around the table. So if someone at the opposite end of the table is talking, literally you can't hear that person. So the meeting leader leader either needs to repeat that or you know pass the microphone around. And this is for sure not rocket science and easily fixable, uh, but we need to be conscious of why it's important to look at those technology resources And again, if we have a remote first mindset, we're thinking about it from the perspective of those who are remote. So if we don't have really great resources, tech resources, or we're not using them well, it's it's even more challenging to do things like provide coaching, which I continue to hear is one of the more challenging kinds of discussions for leaders to have because most of our coaching experience that we've had has been face-to-face coaching. We had coaching from teachers and and sports coaches and and even workplace coaching has historically more than likely for most people been done face-to-face. And so taking some of that coaching more remote and providing that 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 resource um, to people when they are distant from us is just a bit more challenging. Um, So I have a couple of resources that I can suggest uh, for coaching. Uh, We do have some coaching guidelines uh, that are available on our free mobile app. And the way to access the mobile app is just to download the Virtual Works app. And that's Virtual Works, all one word, no space, followed by an exclamation point. Virtual Works exclamation point. You can search for that app in the App Store or Google Play. And once you have the app, then just um, navigate to tips and posts and you'll find the uh, coaching guidelines there. There's also, uh, we offer a more in-depth guidance on coaching uh, from a distance. And that's available in our remote leader coaching guide. Uh, which is available in our store on our website at virtualworkswell.com. Again, that's the Remote Leader Coaching Guide, and it's in the store at virtualworkswell.com. So in summary, distance leaders or remote, hybrid, virtual leaders, whatever language uh, we're using, must bridge the distance between themselves and their team members who are who are remote, and uh, as the remote and hybrid workplace evolves, the, the bridge becomes even more important. So this means that, and I call this the leadership mandate of the remote hybrid workplace, leaders need to bridge the distance by, um, they need to communicate effectively, connect frequently, to demonstrate caring with the competence to achieve results. So let me repeat the four C's of the leadership mandate for remote and hybrid leaders. They need to communicate effectively, connect frequently to demonstrate caring with the competence to achieve results. So I will leave you with that and look forward to you joining uh, on the next episode of the Remote Leadership Podcast. And please visit our website. Again, that's uh, 
www.virtualworkswell.com for additional information and resources. And remember to download our free mobile app. Just navigate to virtual works exclamation point to keep critical virtual workplace information at your fingertips on your smartphone. Thanks for listening and investing time to learn. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Remote Leadership Podcast. If you found value in what you heard, share this with your colleagues. And if you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. Additional free resources and direct ways to reach me are available at remoteleadershippodcast.com. Thanks for listening and for always learning.